listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle. Hi everyone, this is Aileen. Welcome to episode 32 of The Music Room. Today, I'm going to walk you through what I call a peek at my week. Many years ago, when I was first blogging, I used to have some blog posts entitled A Peek at My Week, in which I would just show a few ideas of things I was doing in my lessons with my students. So today, this is kind of a similar idea, but I'm going to walk you through first through fifth grade, because that's what I teach kind of an overview of each lesson, as well as some specific ideas and songs and that kind of thing for each lesson, so that you might get some ideas for your own lesson. I will be putting detailed show notes with links and with some other details. If you go to my blog at mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com and then click on podcast and then episode 32, then you will find the show notes. All right, before we dig into a peek at my week, I just want to mention that I am hoping to podcast more frequently, like on a weekly basis. I know I've been a little bit sporadic with my podcast creation, and I'm really hoping to post a weekly episode so that I am more consistent. If you have any ideas of topics that you would like me to podcast about, please feel free to send me an email at aileen.miracle at yahoo.com and I will definitely consider the topics. I have some fun topics coming up and some fun guests coming up, but I'm definitely open to suggestions. Also, before we dig into the topic, I want to read another review. This is something I've been doing at the beginning of my most recent podcast episodes I really appreciate the people who are leaving a review in the iTunes. If you haven't done that yet, I would love for you to do that because it helps more music educators find the podcast. This one is by Lene Gabe, and she says, I found Mrs. Miracle's podcast when I typed Kodai into the search bar. Yay! I am so excited to have found it. I listened to all the podcasts in a couple days, which is awesome. Some binge podcast listening there. I taught music for two years before taking a break to have kids. It's been eight years and now I'm getting ready to head back to the teaching world. This podcast is exactly what I needed to get the information and motivation I was looking for. Through the podcast, I discovered Mrs. Miracle's blog. Both the podcast and blog have been as helpful, if not more helpful to me than the many years of college and student teaching. That is so sweet. Thank you. I don't know how you find time to put all of this together, but I am so grateful for all that you do. Thank you so much, Lenny. That is so sweet and so appreciated. I really love hearing that awesome feedback. All right. So a peek at my week. So as I said, I teach first through fifth grade and I teach them once every five days for 15 minutes. So I am going to walk you through my first through fifth grade lessons, just kind of an overview of each lesson. I will be including several links throughout this podcast episode. So if you're looking for those links, make sure to check out my show notes at mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com and then click on podcast and then click on podcast 32 so that you can find those links. All right. So we are going to start with first grade. All right. So I do want to mention the lesson that I'm going to talk about is not my Somi Centers lesson, but I do have that on my 
Instagram highlights if you want to check that out. If you like to watch Insta stories, if you go to my Instagram account at Mrs. Miracles Music Room and you look at my highlights, you will find a bunch of different centers I did for So Me for first grade. I just want to mention that because it was a really fun centers lesson and it's something that I did recently. But the lesson that I'm going to talk about today is actually for presenting rest. So I learned about presentation lessons in my Kodai training. And when I learned about it, I learned that in a presentation lesson, that's a lesson in which you finally make a concept that you've been preparing known or conscious. So in this lesson, we used all known songs. So we used Bow Wow Wow, Naughty Kitty Cat, See the Old Witch, and Wee Willie Winky to make sure that they understood where the silent beats were. They could really hear, that's what we've been calling it. They could really hear the silent beats. And then once I could tell that they were where they needed to be, I presented using the song Bow Wow Wow. I have a really fun smart notebook file that has like bones for the beat and then one dog on a bone for the taws and two little dogs on the bone for the TTs and then no dog on the bone for the silent beats or for the rest. So we figured out which ones were taws and I, the smart notebook file, I can actually tap the dogs and they become taws and then I can tap the two little dogs and they become TTs and the kids are like, whoa, magic. <laughs> and then I can erase where the silent beats are which they just look blank, but then they become rest, which is really fun. So then I presented rest and I showed them both the way of writing with like the letter Z, which is much easier for them to write. But I also showed them the quote unquote real way of writing rest because for those students who are in piano lessons, it's really helpful for them to see what a rest looks like because then they can be like, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. And then after they learn rest, I had these cards that are in my TPT store for free for See the Old Witch that we explored and created with as a whole class. So the cards are related to the song See the Old Witch. So like one of them says fell down and another says silly witch and another says found a penny and another says witch, which is just like ta rest. So each card has two beats on it, and as a class, we put them into whatever order we wanted, and then we read the pattern. So the pattern might be, silly witch found a penny witch fell down, or whatever. And we, you know, put a repeat sign at the end and did that twice. And then they got with small groups, and they were able to choose whichever four cards they wanted to. So they had two of every card. So they chose whichever four they wanted to. They just had to have one card that had a rest on it to make sure that they were able to perform with a rest. And so I gave them a few minutes on their own with their groups to come up with their four cards and then we performed it together. So everybody sang See the Old Witch. And then for the B section, everyone said their composition with a repeat sign at the end. So it sounded a little bit chaotic because each group had something different, but that's okay. And then we sang See the Old Witch again. So that's how we ended the rest lesson. All right, moving on to second grade. We were preparing half note with the songs Sammy Sackett and Who's That Tapping at the Window. So we sang and played those games and they are starting to read the half note instead of reading it like a half note because we're in the preparation phase. We use a long line that lasts for two beats 
But we're also in like this kind of in-between phase where we are in early preparation of half note, but really late practice of tikka tikka. In my first few years of teaching, I would often just think like, okay, well, we're moving on to the next rhythm. So we're done with that previous rhythm. But as I've you know, gained experience, I realized that sometimes you do have to kind of spiral back to that rhythm, especially if you need an assessment or you're differentiating for students who are struggling with the earlier concept or whatever that might be. So I was assessing Tikka Tikka or 16th notes with this game called Which Animal, which is in my TPT store, and I can link to that in the show notes. So the idea of this game is they have three patterns from which to choose. They listen to the embedded audio, then they choose, you know, after listening to a few times, they choose which pattern they think it is. So they might have patterns like this to choose from. The first one might be ta, ta, ticka, ticka, ta. The second one might be ticka, ticka, ta, ticka, ticka, ta. And the third one might be ta, ta, ti, ti, ta. And they figure out which one it is. And then with this game, there are animal feet next to each pattern. So after they figure out which pattern they think it is, then they have to figure out which animal the feet belongs to. So it's just a fun little twist there. And they and some of them were really obvious and some of them were not. So it was fun. And then as I'm taking that assessment, I write down the names of students who are absent. And then you could do this on a seating chart or just like in a little notebook. I'll write down the names of students if they get something wrong with a minus next to their name. And then if it, they get another answer incorrect, then I will write another minus and so on. And at the end, if you see that somebody doesn't have their name written down at all and they were there, then you know they identified all the patterns correctly. But if they have like four minuses next to their name, then they're struggling more with that. So we had been sitting for a little while playing that game. So then I had them stand up and sing the song Apple Tree and play the game. And then we went through this process that I learned about from some ORF trained colleagues in my district. Clinton used to work in my district and Tina and Jason, shout out to them for sharing this beautiful process for improvisation. So after we sang Apple Tree and played the game, like I said, then I had them sit down and close their eyes and think about apple trees and apple orchards and fall, which it probably would have been more appropriate to do this in autumn, but I didn't. We did it in spring instead. So I had them come up with some like words or phrases that had to do with any of those things. So, you know, some of the words they came up with were falling leaves bright colors, apple orchard, you know, that kind of thing. And then I made this big long list on the board. And then I chose four of those words or phrases that had different rhythms. For example, I chose falling leaves, which is ti-ti-ta. Warm weather was ta-ti-ti. Tree was ta-rest. And then apple cider was ti-ti-ti-ti. So I wrote those four in boxes on the board. And then I had them mix up those phrases however they wanted to and say them in whatever order they wanted to and add body percussion however they wanted to. So someone might say something like falling leaves, warm weather, falling leaves, tree. And then they would have to repeat that. Kind of like ABA, very similar to what I did with See the Old Witch. So that was really fun to do and it was fun to hear their ideas. 
in another lesson, in a future lesson, I will have them transfer this to barred instruments where I could have like C pentatonic up and everybody's doing the same pattern, which like I said, might be the falling leaves, warm weather, falling leaves, tree. And then they get to play whatever bars they want in C pentatonic, maybe starting on C and ending on C. I have a very similar process to this in a blog post about who has seen the wind, which I can link to in the show notes as well. All right, so moving on to third grade, we were practicing Titica with the song Ida Red. So we sang and played that game, and then I had a rhythm pattern on the board, which was written incorrectly, and they had to figure out which beat was not correct. And then we did a game which was really similar to the Witch Animal game called Unlock the Door which again, this game is in my TPT store as well. So again, they had to choose, they had to listen to an audio sample, then choose which of the three patterns they thought they heard. But instead of it being about animals, there were keys next to each pattern, like fun antique looking keys next to each pattern. And they had to figure out which key it was and that one unlocked the door. And if they didn't choose the right one, it did not lock, but they were locked out. So again, just a good way to get a quick assessment because we're nearing the end of the year and I needed to see where my kids were. Then we also practiced Lola with the song Skin and Bones. So I learned this really fun game from my former colleague Jenna Maybe, where the students, like I sing the call and the kids sing the response, which is and we go through the whole song and as I'm singing, I tap two kids. Oh, and their eyes are closed and the lights are off. I tap two kids. Those two kids go to my storage closet, which does have the light on, so it's not pitch black in my room. And then at the end of the song, everyone opens their eyes and tries to guess who is missing. So it was a really fun game. And again, it's such a great song for Lola. Then we also played the cup game with Ivan Harlem, which is great for their part work skills. If you're not familiar with that, I can link to that in the show notes as well. And I should also mention, I have the notation for Skin and Bones, as well as the game directions in another blog post, and I can link to that in the show notes too. All right, so then after we sang and did the cup game for I've Been to Harlem, I talked to them about how we can sing I've Been to Harlem. We could also play it on an instrument. And I had actually planned my lesson to play it on a metallophone myself. And then right before I did, I had a student say, oh, Mrs. Miracle, I know how to play I've Been a Harlem on the metallophone. And he played it beautifully. It was so awesome. But they're working on a project with the other music teacher, who's Katie, who's often on this podcast with me. So they're working on a song project. And he, for a song project, just happened to choose I've Been a Harlem and played on the metallophone. So anyway, after Aiden played it on the metallophone, then I said, well, so we can sing I've Been a Harlem. We could play it on an instrument, but we could also program it. We could code it. So I took out the Scratch website and kind of there's a quick little tutorial that you can watch on there and it's the music section of the scratch website so we watched the quick little tutorial and then i showed them how you can pick an instrument which they call a sprite and then how you can start the code with a coding block like when the space bar space key is pressed then the code begins And then there's a sound section of the website where you can choose all of the notes. So we chose FFFDC, but then we figured out that you had to put coding blocks in between each note so that it didn't just go da-da-da-da-da, you know, that it played it in rhythm. So that was a really cool like math connection and science connection. It was really cool. And 
in a future lesson, we are going to do a coding project in Google Slides. So that's where that's going. If you want to learn more about coding, I did a podcast episode with my friend Emily Anderson Karst, which I can link to in the show notes, all about STEAM or STEM, but she talks about coding as well. And then we also, Emily and I, worked on a coding set for TPT, which I can link to in the show notes if you want. The Google Slides coding project that I talked about is in that set. All right, so moving on to fourth grade, we were practicing Cinco Pa with the song Oboshi Natan Totten. So Cinco Pa is also the same thing as Tita Ti or Eighth Quarter Eight. So the song Oboshi Natan is one of my favorites, one of their favorites, and I actually have a YouTube video of the game which I can put again into the show notes. It's a video of former graduate Kodai class that I taught playing the game. So you can really see how it looks. And I had them read the rhythm for Oboshi Natan on the board. And then we transitioned into a sunglasses game where they throw a squishy ball at the board. At, there's like all these sunglasses on the board. They throw a squishy ball at the board and then we read that pattern together. It's great for early practice and they really love throwing that squishy ball. If you are interested in using that, I can put a link to that in the show notes for it to be a free download so that you can go ahead and use that with your kiddos. And it's a PDF, so if you go to view and then full screen, then you'll be able to project it like a PowerPoint. All right, so we did some reading with that, and then we sang the song Black Snake. And Black Snake was actually a great pivot song because we were practicing Cinco Pa, but also practicing Lo So, and Black Snake has both. So it's great when you can find those songs that have you know both the rhythmic and melodic concept that you're working on. So after we played Black Snake, then I had them sing some patterns from the song, and then I transitioned into playing some patterns on the recorder. So I would play the pattern on the recorder and then they would sing it back with Sofa. And then I had this game that I've made and I don't think I've put it on TPT or anything like that. But the idea of the game, it's kind of like the unlock the door game and the witch animal game, except it's for Melody. And the idea is that they had to listen to an audio sample, an audio pattern, and then figure out which beat. So I had like a stick notation pattern on the board or, you know, in the game. And they had to figure out which beat was not notated correctly, which was actually more challenging than the other games I talked about because with the other games, they had three patterns to choose from. And with this one, they really had to be discerning listeners and figure out which beat was not written correctly. And melody is just typically more difficult anyway, you know. But again, it gave me some really great information to move forward. And then I had them work on haiku because we are going to eventually add melody to the haiku. So this is from a set I have in my TPT store, but I'll describe the process so that, you know, you could do something similar without necessarily purchasing it. But the idea is that they write a haiku and I had four pieces of artwork that they could base their haiku off of. And so they chose their artwork. And then in this lesson, they were starting to write their haiku, knowing that a typical haiku would be five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So after they write their haiku, which I did have several kids in this particular lesson who finished their haiku and were ready for the next step. Then after they write out their haiku, then 
above each syllable, they would write solfa. So I had some rules about, you know, what they started on and what they ended on and which solfa they included and all that kind of thing. And then after they do that, the next steps would be like transferring it to the staff and figuring out how to play it on a barred instrument. So just, a, again, bringing in some other subject areas, bringing in some literacy to work on this haiku. And with this grade level, haiku writing is not brand new because I had them write a haiku as a class for their fourth grade program. So it's not brand new, but now they're writing individually. All right, so that was fourth grade. Moving on to fifth grade, this lesson that I'm going to talk about was super fun. I was really excited about it, and I've only done it with one class so far. They recently learned T and the major scale. So in this lesson, they were able to choose from six different centers that were all focused on T and the major scale. I actually let them choose which centers to go to and choose when to switch, which is more and more the centers model that I've been going to, but usually have some parameters like, you know, you have to go to at least three centers or there might be a center that you have to go to, which in this case, I actually did have two centers. I definitely wanted them to go to during the course of the lesson, but quite a few of the students actually went to all six. So I'll outline the six centers they did. At the first center, they played Boomwhackers. So they had recently played Boomwhackers because when I was teaching the major scale, I talked about how the Boomwhackers correlate to the major scale. And so at this center, they had to put themselves into order of the major scale, play up and down the major scale, but then they could create whatever they wanted to with the Boomwhackers, like whatever melody they wanted to, but they had to end on Do. So that was center number one, super fun. Center two, they had a writing worksheet they had to do, which is the worksheet is from my songs and activities to teach T and low T set, which I can link to in the show notes. So the front of the worksheet was, you know, they had to trace some patterns with T and they had to label some solfa where the staff pattern was already written. And then there was one where they had to, the solfa was already written, but they had to complete it on the staff. And then when they flipped the worksheet over, there was a little garage band reflection that I had them do, which was not related to T or the major scale, but it was just something I wanted them to do because we recently did a ABA composition using loops in GarageBand. That was really fun. So I wanted them to do a little reflection and it also gave me a chance to make sure that I knew who had which iPad and what their composition was called so I could go back and listen to all of the compositions. So this was one of the centers that I required them to do at some point. At center three, I had them use spectrums, which was really fun. I've been talking about spectrums. Recently, I did a spectrums podcast with Jenna Polensky, and I've also blogged about spectrums, but I can also link to those in the show notes if you're interested and you haven't heard those. So the idea of a spectrum is it's a little device that plays different pitches depending on what color you press with the spectrum. So when I bought the spectrum, there's like this little colorful like rainbow mat that comes with it. So I actually just had them use that. And I wrote out the song Chumbara in different colors and printed it out with the color printer. So Doe was red and Ray was orange and that kind of thing. And then they had to figure out how to play Chumbara with the spectrum, which was really fun. And I actually just used one spectrum. I do have more than one spectrum, but my iPads are not up to date. So I only have one at this point that I can use because I only have one that has the app on it. 
But yeah, they were fine with that, though, because they would just, you know, wait for their turn. All right, so center number four, I also had a tech toy at the Automatone. So I recently wrote about the Automatone in a blog post about the major scale, actually, so I can link to that in the show notes. So the Automatone is like this little Japanese, I think it's a Japanese electronic instrument. Depending on where your thumb touches on the neck of it, it'll play a different pitch. So I had some stick notation of a song they knew written out and they had to go to the automaton and I have all the sofa marked on the side and they had to play through it and then figure out which song it was, which was really fun. They've been dying to play it, so I gave them a chance to. At the fifth center, I had Legos, which definitely was a hit. And the idea with the Legos is they had to figure out whatever they wanted to do to represent the major scale they could do with Legos. It was really interesting because in my mind, I was envisioning it like a staircase. Like that's the way my brain, you know, that's the way I kind of conceptualized it in my brain because we've been talking about half steps and whole steps and where they are in the major scale. But some students kind of represented it in a totally different way, which was so cool to see. So yeah, they just sat with Legos and built a major scale. All right, at the sixth center, at the last center, I had a link in their Schoology. For those of you who use Schoology, or I think this could probably work in Google Drive, or if you don't have either, you could just, you know, put a link on the board and they have to type that link and go to it. But the link was to a quizzes spelled Q-U-I-Z-I-Z-Z. So this is at quizzes.com. But it was a link to a quizzes that I had made about T and the major scale. And the cool thing about quizzes is it's very similar to Kahoot. It's like a quiz platform, but they can, you know, if only one kid was at the Chromebooks at this point doing the quiz, I think they'd be able to play it by themselves or you could play it with a group of people, but like you don't have to wait for everyone to answer the question to move on. You can go ahead and move on as soon as you're done answering that question. So the kids are kind of finishing it at different times, but that's totally okay. And then they see where they rate amongst everybody else who's taken the quiz, which is really cool. A lot of fun. They really liked it. And this was also a required center because this task and the worksheet task or the worksheet center gave me a lot of good information that I needed. All right. So those were the major scale centers and those are all of my lessons from my week. So I hope that has been helpful to you. Hopefully you've gotten some good ideas as you plan your lessons. All right, so what I'm consuming. So I just talked about the podcast episode with Jenna Polensky from Spectrums. And on that podcast, when we did our what I'm consuming section of the podcast, Jenna talked about the podcast. And that's why we drink. So I had to check that out. Because for those of you have listened to the podcast before, you know that I really like ghost stories. And I also like whodunit stories. So this is kind of both. So the hosts of the podcast, Em and Christine, One of them talks about a ghost story and another talks about a crime story. So I've been listening to that and have really been enjoying it. But then I happened to recently listen to 
like their most recent podcast episode and they were talking about coming to Columbus, Ohio. And I was like, what? They're coming to Columbus, Ohio? So I, of course, had to check that out. And at first it said it was sold out and I was really bummed out. But then I clicked the link and magically I was able to buy tickets from my husband and I to go. And just a few days here, we're going to go see them live at a comedy club because it is kind of, it's a really funny show. Like even though with it being about ghosts and crime, you wouldn't think it was funny, but they just have a really fun kind of like interplay together. So yeah, that's what I'm consuming. I'm listening to some of those episodes now to make sure that I'm totally ready for this show. All right. So again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed in iTunes, make sure you do that because I am planning on recording more frequently. I can't tell you for sure which podcast episode is next because I have a few different ones going on right now that I'm working on, but I can tell you that I will soon be interviewing Joan Littman, who was my level three teacher at Capital University, and we will be talking about multicultural music. I don't know exactly when that's coming out, but I think easily in the next couple of months here. And then I also will be recording a podcast episode soon about having a student teacher in the music room and what that looks like and some strategies for those of you who have student teachers. So if you subscribe in iTunes, then you'll be notified when a new podcast episode hits the airwaves. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful and have a great one.